The Bible says, Thou shalt not curse a deaf man. Why not? They can't hear. It's obviously because of the damage it does to you. Acid destroys the vessel in which it is stored, and that's important. The way people talk is the best indication of how they think. The most powerful instrument for influencing a person's thought process is the language you use on them and they use on themselves. Welcome to The Ziegler Show. I'm Kevin Miller. We all want purpose. We want to be of value to others, and we want to experience abundance in our lives. Zig Ziglar was the master of personal development, and he said, you've got to be before you can do and do before you can have. What does that mean? You must start by being the right person, and that's our goal here, to inspire your true performance so you can be the best you possible and go serve the world. In this show, we hear a clip from Zig Ziglar on the power of words. From it, I posted this question on my Facebook page. When and how is it okay to speak negatively about another person? Well, folks, every response was profound. Seriously, talk about doing a case study and discussion on this topic. We did it. Uh, I think the question was about the best use of Facebook I've ever experienced. Well, Tom Ziegler joined me to talk through the comments, and I think you'll get really convicted by this. I, I very much uh, think that this is a very, very real issue we all deal with daily and how we respond massively impacts our lives. So we're going to kick off with a really profound four minute clip from Zig Ziglar right after I share some great resources. Well, here then I give you Zig Ziglar on the power of words. The Bible says thou shalt not curse a deaf man. Why not? They can't hear it's obviously because of the damage it does to you. Acid destroys the vessel in which it is stored, and that's important. The way people talk is the best indication of how they think. The most powerful instrument for influencing a person's thought process is the language you use on them and they use on themselves. That's the reason I always use so much adult language like dedication, responsibility, commitment, discipline, things like that. A lot of four-letter words, like good and best and real and fair and hope and love. And uh, got to confess, every once in a while I slip the F word in on folks because I believe that faith is enormously important. The language we use can have a substantial impact on a person's life. The language we use on ourselves can have an even greater impact on a person's life. Again, the most important opinion you have is the opinion you have of yourself. Now, I'm not talking about a super inflated ego, you know, uh, conceits that weird disease that makes everybody sick except the person who has it. That is not <laughs> what I'm talking about. Like some wit said, uh, it's kind of like the rooster who thinks the sun comes up so that it's time for him to crow. And there are a lot of people just that way. How powerful can words be? A few years ago, I was speaking in Marion, Indiana. It was a four-hour seminar. I did it on Tuesday night. When I got home on the weekend, I had a letter from a lady who was there. And she said, Mr. Ziegler, I was there on Tuesday night. 
I'd just gotten back from Colorado on a rafting trip. It's one of the most magnificent experiences of my life. It was really wonderful. We would raft down the river, and as the sun was beginning to set, we would pull off to a flat spot. We would build our campfire. We would cook our dinner. And then she said we would go up a few hundred more feet so we could get a, a better view. And she said the rarefied air up there and the clarity we could look at the stars and the moon, it was incredibly. And when I looked at the magnificent universe and then the next morning we'd get up and go down to the streams and the wildlife would be coming uh, there to take their morning drink. She said the whole thing was so awesome uh, that I thought of myself as being absolutely nothing and contemplated suicide. And she said, that evening on Tuesday evening, uh, you quoted St. Augustine, uh, who many years ago, and I paraphrase him, 399 A.D., he said, man travels hundreds of miles to gaze at the broad expanse of the ocean. He looks with awe at the heavens above. He stares in wonderment at the fields and the mountains and the rivers and the streams. And then he passes himself by without a thought. God's most amazing creation. And she said, when you quoted St. Augustine, I realized what I was. When man looks at himself and what's important, with this pair of glasses you're being fitted with, you see they will also reverse themselves and they will look inside and let you see some of the things that you're going to be astonished at what is already there. And I think... That's important. The power of the word truly is awesome. Okay, friends, again, from that message, I asked, when and how is it okay to speak negatively about another person? Here, Tom Ziegler and I talk through the profound comments you gave. Well, Tom, this is Ziegler, and Ziegler is about being positive, positivity, not negativity. And so we talk about another person, especially, but I was curious. I mean, of course we can all assume that I'm sure Zig never said anything negative about anybody, but I'm sure it was tempting. It was hard sometimes. I mean, how did that really walk out in, uh, you know, even in home life with your dad and, uh, gosh, I mean, things happen, people happen and hard things happen. And it's hard not to say something at some point that's somewhat negative, somewhat critical about somebody. Kevin, I think the main thing is that we knew the value and the power of a word, and we were never we were never allowed to just let something hang. You know, we couldn't call anything stupid or dumb, uh, especially another person. Uh, but but it was bigger than that because if you if you say, oh, you know, it's it's you know that's stupid that thing over there, even though it's not related to a person. If you create the habit of saying the word stupid, then the next thing you know, you're going to be calling people stupid and ideas stupid. And, you know, and so you, you don't want to create that habit. So we were always taught that there are better words for mm -hmm. the choice. Now, I will say that, you know, pointing out something that's uh, a problem is not negative. If there is a problem, we say, hey, there's a problem with that. That's not negative. But to say negative things, you know, dad said that failure is an event, not a person. Right. And so we were, dad was always very careful, especially in the family and with friends. If there was behavior that wasn't good, 
we would isolate the behavior and we'd say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Why did you do it this way? Do you think we might be able to do it better? And it was always in reference to the behavior. It was never in re re uh, reference to the person. Right. So first we started off with the habit of using better words and second, making sure that it was about an action or a behavior, not an individual or a person. Hmm. Well, and that's uh, interesting to hear as we go into the comments that we're given because they're really insightful. And I know that, and, and what's pointed out as a people, and there's acute issues to deal with in relationships, especially in the workplace, especially in the home. So, well, hey, with that said, I'll just dive in here. Tom Schwab, he says, uh, and again, the question was asking, when is it okay? And he says, when you want someone to think poorly about you. Seriously, our judgments and the way we describe others says more about us than it does about them. It also leaves people wondering how we talk about them. Lesson from kindergarten. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. You know, I, 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 that's my feeling is if I am talking to someone who is criticizing someone to me, then the chances of me knowing that they'll be criticizing me to someone else, I figure are very high. And I admittedly, I think I've walked that out many a time in my own life. It's a, it's a, you know, to some degree, it's just a bad cultural habit too, isn't it, Tom? Absolutely. And, and I will say this, what you just said, I'll echo it in the, in the business environment. If we're interviewing somebody, there's always the question of, well, tell me about where you're coming from. What did you do there? And we leave the door open for let them to say, you know, why did they leave? And, you know, what are they hoping to accomplish here? And as soon as they go negative at all, it's like, we're not hiring that person. Mm. I mean, that's how clear cut it is. And they could be like totally justifiable in what happened, but that's just not the place. I've talked to my wife and, you know, she would mention every now and then, not recently, but in the past where she was with some people and she said, you know, it bothered me that they, as a group, they were talking kind of negative about somebody. And I said, I said, well, you know, they talk that way about you, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and we looked at each other and we just kind of shrugged our shoulders and is exactly yeah. what you said. Yeah. If, if, if somebody is going to talk negatively, if they're going to gossip about somebody to you, then they're going to talk the same way about you to somebody else. Yeah. There's no reason to go there. You know, the one that turns me off the most is talking with a vendor, in essence, somebody I'm looking to do business with to hire them or use their product or use their service. And when the moment that they start speaking negatively about their competition is the moment I'm done, uh, it's just feels so bad. Uh, it, it sounds so bad. It's so unprofessional and yet it's so commonplace and sometimes hard not to do. And, uh, yeah, it's a, there's, there's some tension in that. Um, well, you know what, we'll, we'll get into it right here. Yeah. So let me, let me just yeah. give you three instances. Tell me at Ziggler. We do a lot of sales training. I mean, that's what we do. That's where dad cut his teeth on. And now we're partners with Sandler, uh, going in the corporate market. We never downmouth the competition. We always highlight our strengths, right? We want the client to see the difference by highlighting what we're good in, not by talking negatively about them. We have our Ziegler Speakers Institute going on right now, right here in the company. So people from all over the world, we have a lady in here from the Philippines who's learning how to deliver an effective keynote speech. And one of the things we coach on in, in keynoting is 
the power of your words are going to resonate. If you're great, then you're going to want to use the right words that, that when people repeat them, it builds the repeater up. Think about that. As a speaker, you want people to repeat your message. Mm -hmm. And so you want a hundred percent of your message to be repeatable. And when it is, the person feels better for saying it and they can't do that way. Now, we also have a thing called Ziegler Legacy Certification, and John Maxwell has a certification program as well. And so people will come to me and they'll say, uh, hey, I'm, I'm looking at both of these. Can you tell me anything about Maxwell certification or Ziegler certification? And so I get a big smile on my face mm -hmm. and I say, man, Maxwell's certification is awesome. And it's funny how they'll get that little confused expression mm -hmm. and they'll like, why are you complimenting the competition? And then I'll look him in the eye and I say, he learned from the best, <laughs> you know, awesome. and, it, and I'm telling the truth, but, but that's part of the why it's awesome. Yeah. Ziegler's awesome too. The truth is, is that people who do one should probably do both, mm. but they're in different areas. Yeah. And so we can be complimentary. We can be, uh, collaborators, because bottom line is if somebody's confused on which one to get started in, my only concern is they start with one, because if they start with one, it's going to change their life and they're going to go to the next level. Yeah. And if we say a negative word about somebody and somebody else plays another negative word, then the chances are that they may not do anything. Well, so I apologize, folks. You're not going to get a John Maxwell roast on this show. Uh, Maybe, maybe another show. All right. Well, Jeff Jones here says when some, and again, to the question, when is it okay? He says, when someone, you know, asks your opinion before applying for a job about working for someone whom you have firsthand experience that you, that they are not a good leader or they're unethical or they don't value their employees. I would say you're not being a good friend. If you do not warn them to stay away, it would be hard to not speak negatively in that situation, man, Tom, I've definitely been in that place with an employer or employee reference or with, you know, somebody asking about a professional if they're good. And yeah, I, I'm a people pleaser and I want to say good things about somebody, but that comes to pass. I'm sure it has for you when you've got to man in your, in your gut, you do have some reservations about somebody. There's been some bad experience and it would not be kind to not say those, but how do you do that without tearing the person down? <laughs> you know, that is, that's a good one. Um, I love the phrase explanations are dangerous. Hmm. And so if somebody came to me and earnestly said, Hey, I need your opinion. And I had what we call cause for pause. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would just say, well, I don't know that individual uh, like other people know them my own experience has been this and it's positive and truthful. And I would say, but I think you're right to listen to your instinct. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say. Um, because if they're concerned about it, then that tells you something. If they're coming in directly and saying, you know what? Um, I don't know what I, I mean. Have you heard anything good or bad about these people? Gosh, I would be very, very careful that anything you share that's negative is firsthand, first-person knowledge, mm -hmm. because reputations are so important and so vital today. If you've got firsthand, first, 
uh, information knowledge, then it's a judgment call as to how well you know that person. Uh, that's how careful we are with saying yeah. anything negative about someone. Well, and back to what you said to say, Hey, look, I, I did have this experience with this person and that experience was bad. And I, yeah, cause for pause on their behavior in that occurrence. And maybe, it, maybe it happened another time with, with, you know, whatever, but those are to do, as you said, to treat those as events, as occurrences and not to label the person. Um, well, Sean Washburn here, he says, I can think of a few different ways to go on this. In one case where someone you love follows teaching teachings from someone that you think might be leading them astray, I think it's okay to be critical of the person's teaching without tearing the person down. In general, though, words are powerful. If I don't like someone, I can be honest about my feelings without gossiping about them or tearing them down from afar. If I have an issue with them, it's always best to deal with that in person, though rarely easy. Saying all of this, this is hard for me because I'm not naturally confrontational. Uh, I'm, I'm in that club too there, Sean. Um, but I do know that if I've ever been in a group where the group was talking negatively about someone, there have been times when I've been able to challenge the conversation toward asking the person if that thing was true about them or if they really said that, et cetera, uh, along with doing our best to build others up. I think we also have a responsibility to try to stand up for those that might be being torn down without their knowing. I love the verbiage in there, tearing down. I think you said a minute ago, building up. And I think about those words of life. There's a, a Toby Mac, a Christian artist who has a song called speak life uh, that we play in the mornings. A lot of times taking the kids to school, speak life, it speak words of life. And that's what we're bumping up against here. When we do have somebody who I like your term, there's cause for pause. So can we address that without, well, I guess that's it. It still speak life, still, still speak love and not tear down. Yeah. I'll give an example that happened on our own Facebook stream on the mm. Zig Ziglar fan page. I posted a quote poster. This is probably three years ago now. Uh, and it was on money. And I think the post was, um, you know, I've had money when I've had problems. I've had money when I haven't had problems overall. If you're going to have problems, it's better to have money, you know, and it's kind of funny. And it was a saying that dad used to have. We posted that up there and a lady came on and she wrote, oh, that Zig Ziglar. I knew he was just all about the money. Mm -hmm. And so there was um, a context of a quote poster and maybe something she'd heard from somebody else. And she makes a statement. Well, immediately... All of these, you know, you could just watch the, the timeline because you know how big the Facebook page is. I mean, it's got millions of people on it. And so the post started coming in from all of our fans. That's sure. what's awesome about having fans is you don't have to defend yourself. So the first person responded, have you ever listened to Zig Ziglar? Have you checked him out on, the, on YouTube? Have you Googled his name? Have you ever read one of his books? Did you ever? And all these defenses started coming in. And I checked back like two hours later, there was over 50 responses under that one person's response. Wow. Then I went to that lady's, uh, I did the thing that none of us ever do. I stalked her. I went to her <laughs> Facebook page Yeah. and she had a quote and it said, uh, her first post was my greatest, uh, joy in life is helping those who can't help themselves, hmm. which made me think, wow. You know, how do you help other people unless you've got some money, right? You've got to have some, it's, we can help people other than money, but money sure helps. Sure helps. Well, about two hours later, I go back and the lady had come in and basically put in another post on our timeline in Ziggler and she'd retract, retracted her original statement. Wow. 
And she said, wow, I had no idea. I did what you said. I researched Zig. He's the real deal. Forgive me for what I said. Sweet. Now, the reason that had the happy result was the people who were defending us were doing it with love. They were, they were not attacking back. They were saying, wait a second, you probably just don't have all of the information. It could have been a divisive time, right? Because I, you know, we've all seen the trolls track, you know, troll tracks on Facebook where they basically say, you know, you're an idiot, you know, leave. Uh, But it's far better to come back in and say, Hey, uh, you know, what about this? What about that? And so that's a principle that that bore fruit at that point our facebook fan page grew stronger we got bigger and a community responded in the way that we teach our community to respond we don't know when we respond to something until later on in life that our kids were intently watching Hmm. right and you don't, I mean, Kevin, you've, you know, you've got a house full of kids. And so, you know, that, and I know that too, with our one daughter and growing up with mom and dad, it was, it was seeing them get, you know, tested and how they responded that had the deepest impression on me yeah. it, as leaders in the workplace. Um, when, when our people see us defend others, even though uh, it's not even necessary, but because it's the right thing to do then that gives them confidence that if they ever get in a situation, Absolutely. they're going to get the fair shake. It, it may be that maybe they did make a mistake, but they know that we're going to go back to bat for them as a human being, even though we might disagree with the behavior of the decision that was made. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. This next one speaks to what you're you're talking about. Mark Knowles, he says, uh, you should do it simply to show truth if needed or to protect someone. If you do it from anger, however, then it's just hurting you. Uh, Those who anger you control you. And to me, he's just speaking about, again, the the spirit, going back to it. The spirit, what is the spirit? Are we doing it to help somebody, to caution somebody, uh, to, to protect somebody? And are we doing it still in love or are we doing it out of anger out of a bad spirit to, to hurt that. And I think that's what we see. And we're enmeshed with a a culture of media that that's generally how uh, any criticism, it's generally not constructive. It is in anger. It is vindictive. It is tearing the other person down. I think that's our example. And yeah, to what you talked about, Tom, uh, we can't keep our kids in a bubble from seeing that, from experiencing it, whether it's in school, whether it's from other leaders, whether it's from the media, but we know that the biggest influence on them is what they see in the home. That's where we have the most control and it causes us to control our spirits. I, I really like what was just said there um, because I've heard believers and Christians talk about this. They'll say something like, well, gosh, if that happened to me, I would never sue. You know, it's not the mm-hmm. Christian thing to sue. Uh, but I do believe whether you're a Christian or not, I think we have a moral obligation to protect the next person in line. Yeah. Right. And so when somebody steps across the line and they're attacking someone, um, if they're not called out, what are the likelihoods of, of them doing it again to someone else? And so I do, you know, 
I, I do think we have some moral responsibility when we see something to stop it mm-hmm. if it's uncalled for. I, I, yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, Kyle here, this, this is an interesting one that actually got me to thinking, Tom, because I am, as I said before, and have often, I am, I am not confrontational. I'm very conflict averse and I'm a people pleaser. Admittedly, that's, that's always a struggle. So Kyle says, uh, you know, the only, only time when it's relevant is when it's to that person and you're doing it in love to point out a flaw of character. And I would add to that, or just something that hurt you that, uh, whether it's a right or wrong, a flaw of character, or it just hurt you to talk about it, but talk about it to that person. That's that to me is significant because if we took every critical thought we would intend to say, we would be tempted to say about someone and stop ourselves and say, I'm not going to say anything. Well, we don't want to say until, cause you, you still shouldn't do it. But if, if I had that, have I talked with that person, man, that is not something I ever care to do is to go talk with someone. I will more likely just remove myself and flee that person as opposed to talk to them. And what is the opportunity to help them if I just abandon? Um, it's pretty convicting for me. Man, that is not a place that I want to go. But how, how about if we check ourselves with our critical spirits, with the negative words that would come out? Have we talked to that person? If not, I think it's, it's viable to say, and keep your mouth shut, eh? Yep. Yeah. And you've, I think everybody's probably heard, you know, praise in public, criticize in private. Yeah. Yeah, let me put some context around that. Uh, it's always good to point out the good in others and front as many people as appropriate, right? Because we all need that appreciation, that recognition, that positive feedback. And critiquing someone in private is certainly the way to go unless you've created a predetermined safe space. And I'll talk about a predetermined safe space Uh collaborative teams that work really well together, a lot of times they will get together and they'll look at uh, a project that's going well and has had drawbacks. And everybody on that team has committed to a certain level of vulnerability. They'll own up, hey, I'm not good at this. Hey, this is not my gift or my skill or my talent. I need some help over here. And sometimes a group will make a decision, doesn't turn out. And in that place with leadership and everybody having that right, it's okay to say, you know what, it wasn't the best decision. What Mm -hmm. could we do different? In the military, especially, uh, I think they call them after action reports. It's a matter of life and death as a group or as a team to talk about what went well, what could we do different? What wasn't such a good move? And so even though it's, it's a little bit critical on behavior actions that were taken, uh, because it's a life and death brotherhood team, right? It's, it's totally uh, okay. When you get with strangers or people who aren't really comfortable in the group, boy, that's when what, what we're saying here, where you got to go one-on-one, uh, that's when it's key. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it makes me think of, you know, the difference we know of just outright hurtful, harmful, tearing down criticism. And we use that word constructive criticism, though. I think it's really hard for a lot of us to get our heads around that in the moment, constructive criticism. But to what you said about that, you know, is there, uh, can I turn that? I'm thinking in my own head of how could I be better? How can we, I want that type of feedback or I need that. I shouldn't say I always want it, but I want to want it. How's that? How can I be better? How could I have been better in that instance, in that, uh, in in that conversation, in that conflict, how could I have been better? I mean, we all need to know that as my, as my partner, 
Randy often says the most dangerous thing is we don't know what we don't know. Um, we need to hear that. And how great would it be? How many, how many people are out there criticizing us that we need to hear what it is? Uh, how great would it be if they would come and speak to us? Back to that. Well, here Janice uh, McCarty says, negativity breeds negativity. It's never a good idea to speak negativity, negatively about another person. If everyone looked for the positive in any, in any situation and concentrated on that, perhaps there would be no need to be negative. Of course, easier said than done. I have always tried to do that. So, we talk about her all the time. Shanti Feldhahn. She has the book, the 30 day kindness challenge. And folks, Shanti is a researcher. She did studies. It's, it's enthralling to read the book. I was reading it again this morning. And in that talking about being kind, she does address when some, when there's an issue that does need to be addressed. Uh, I don't know if she says, can it be done in love? I think she says, can it be still be done in kindness? And she literally walks through. This is how, this is a real instance of somebody It was in the workplace. It was pretty volatile, pretty big deal and how they were able to reframe it and still address. It was a, it was a, a woman to a, a man, uh, you know, both kind of high level folks, I think in the company and how she was able to do it in kindness. And it's, it's, an, it's an incredible thing. And I think it goes back to, gosh, it's like, you know, you're, you're doing speakers training right now, right there in the office. You're, you're doing sales training so often. And we so often think that those things are just, oh, that person's good at it. No, they are trained in it. They are learned in it. And so when we talk about this, when Shanti's talking about kindness, she's saying, you train yourself, you learn the habits, you learn the skills so that you can apply them. And we've got to, otherwise we're just going to go with the flow of our emotions and our feelings and how could we not criticize? We have got to, as our good Bible says, renew our minds every morning, every day. Um, One of my friends who was an FBI SWAT team member, uh, his name is Don Sherman. I asked him one day, I said, man, you guys for the SWAT team, you train so much. You train to go as fast as you can. How do you do that? And he looked at me and he said, Tom, we don't train to go fast. We train to go smooth. He said, if we go fast, that means somebody's going to break away from the team. They're going to get too far ahead. That's when hostages die. That's when one of us gets hurt. You know, that's when we shoot our own guy. We train to go smooth and smooth is fast. And so one thing I would like to say about this is when we're pointing out behavior that's not so good, the way we go fast and get hurt is our emotion gets to us, mm-hmm. right? If it's, if it's emotionally charged in the situation, the chances are really good that the, the well-intentioned, Hey, you should try it this way. Isn't going to come across that way. And so the people who have the training, so it's kind of hard to be emotionally damaging and kind at the same time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Kindness, I think when when we had her when we had Shanti on the podcast, uh, I think she said, you know, that kindness really is the superpower. She, she, you know, again, Tom, I'm reading her book again, and it, it is it's incredibly convicting, and it's also so so dramatically hopeful. Again, hey, I, there's so shameless promotion, folks. The 30 day kindness cha- challenge, Shanti, it's S H A U N T I uh, Feldhahn, I think is F E L D H A H N. Uh, incredible, incredible, incredible book. Um, here, Tim, Tim Dagley, uh, he says, I prefer constructive criticism, confrontation in a healthy way, 
uh, versus gossip. If you can't say it to their face when given the opportunity, it says more of, of the person's character than the others. Uh, and he cites Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, which folks, the I looked up the verse and posted it here. It says, as iron sharpens iron. I think we, we know that, especially guys. That's a very often used Christian guys term. Iron sharpens iron. Let's, let's come together as guys. But the rest of the verse, it's as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. For me, my mind goes to my kids and my spirit, my, if I'm criticizing something, somebody, I am highly aware as my kids uh, are looking me in the face, I am not sharpening their countenance. I am dulling their countenance. And I think that we'd say that to all ourselves when we're at work over the water cooler, having chit chat and, and everybody's uh, dogging somebody else. Nobody's countenance is being sharpened. Nobody is brightening up. We are all dulling. That is probably the most convicting thing for me. Uh, Tom is what I'm doing to myself. Going back to Shanti, she would say, I am tearing myself down as I'm sitting there talking negatively about somebody. I am hurt. I might as well stick a fork in my eye over and over. I'm just choosing to hurt myself, which none of us would consciously do. And I'm doing that to the other person across from me. It's asinine, but it is our humanity. It's our fallen humanity that we have got to work against every single day in the moment. I mean, does it get more trained, Tom? I mean, does it get more natural and automatic? We've got to say yes, but does it, do we ever just arrive? Is it ever not a, a, a struggle on a given day in a given moment? <laughs> it's, it seems like it's always a struggle and especially when we're the victim, right? Mm. When we've been attacked, I remember mm. I was attacked one time, uh, and it was unjust and I came home and I told dad, and boy, this little statement, which is kind of a quip, it really changed my perspective. He looked at me and he said, son, the only taste of success some people have is when they take a bite out of you. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, that's graphic. Right. Yeah. Right. And so when we look at a hurtful word uh, as taking a bite out of somebody, then that kind of changes the note. Or when somebody takes a bite out of us unjustifiably, man, that just, that just to me says that they, they just don't have the self-image. They don't have the belief in themselves. They've got to lower somebody else. So I usually feel sorry for those who are constantly criticizing and gossiping about others because you know, they just don't have that self-worth built in. They true. And it speaks to me of, of pain. Uh, They are in pain. Well, Hey, here's, here's a really interesting one. Uh, Dan Van Lowe. He says, my perspective is from being a family law mediator and attorney. So, and it's very loyally. Uh, first of all, it's important to distinguish between criticism of the person versus criticism of that person's behavior or ideas, right? To what you started us off with, Tom. Second, we need to consider at our, our own motives for the criticism. Criticism is wrong when it is intended to just tear someone down or build yourself up. Third, is the criticism based on fact or opinion? Criticism can be premature and unfair with knee-jerk reactions based on little to no information or an unreliable or incomplete or incomplete information. Fourth, given the above, have we given careful thought to whether or not the criticism even needs to be made? What is the context and purpose of why it is shared? Is there, uh, is there completely accurate information and will the criticism be helpful or hurtful to the situation or the individual? Finally, without withholding criticism 
Uh, would withholding criticism be an unloving thing to do, whether or not the criticism is about an individual or directed at the individual in person? Will other people or organizations be harmed or or by remaining silent? Upon careful reflect, I love this. He, he so he ends it. So he gives us that. I mean, it sounds like a lawyer's notes right there, right? He just made a case. Uh, define it. But then he says on careful reflection, most criticism does not need to be shared. However, most criticism is based on knee jerk reactions. Thanks for the dialogue on this issue, Kevin. I think I've read that three times. Uh, I really appreciate the post, Dan. And yeah, coming from a lawyer's perspective, I think you covered a lot of the bases that we have talked about here. But just to, to one aspect, Tom, what Dan did is he just really showcase the gravity of what we're talking about, the gravity of speaking negatively about someone. And as we've talked about this and talked about Shanti, the power of what it does in our spirit to the people who hear us uh, and to the person receiving that as well, whether they're present or not. Uh, and you can have your own doctrines on, uh, on, on energy and spirituality and how our effect is on other people. Point being, though, what gravity of the, the, the of what we're talking about here, and yet is something that is just again. You look, can you look on TV? Can you watch a TV ad without rampant criticism and negativity? That's a lot of our late night TV. A lot of our comedy these days is just that. It's not based on anything. It's really funny. It's just it's harsh. Yeah, it's uh, that's probably the biggest challenge we have in our political climate today. Oh my gosh, is- yeah. In, instead of uh, having an issue with the position or, or what the proposal is, it becomes a personal attack. Well, it's coming for you, therefore it must be bad, right? And, and that's not true at all. Uh, there was a day when two sides would come up and they'd have you know pretty good arguments behind each one of them, mm-hmm. uh, each of the positions, and they liked each other before and afterwards. Mm-hmm. And they still left not agreeing on everything, and they made a decision. I think for everybody who is a fan of the podcast, uh, go to Kevin Miller's Facebook page and find this section by Dan and uh, copy and paste it into Mm. your notes Uh, because (laughs) it's like a little tutorial on, you know, what are the steps before I raise a criticism? Yeah. Right. Because if you, if you can check all the boxes and you still need to say something, man, go say it. Cause that is perfect well, on that folks. You can find me. It's agent K Miller. Uh, and you know, I, I've often wondered if people wonder why we don't post this just on the Ziegler page, 4.6 million people. And I'm just a guy with a few thousand or a couple thousand, uh, friends here. You know, there, we, when we did that on the Ziegler page, there was so much, it was almost hard to get through. And a lot of people just made a quick uh, comment. And when I did it on my personal page, it's people that uh, I'm a little more familiar with and they tended to give more in-depth responses. So there it is. No, no big, huge thing there, but that's why I do it on my personal page. But on Tom stating that, if you want to go see what, uh, what was written there by Dan, this was posted October 19th, 2018, again, on my personal page, agent K Miller. Well, Hey, I'm going to wrap us up with one more here, Tom. This is uh, Philippa Channer. She says, I can't think of a good, healthy instance where speaking negatively about someone is beneficial to anyone. Now, when it comes to someone's performance on a job or a task and a decision is being made regarding that person's continued participation, should they be fired or, or, uh, or whatnot, then maybe you should, uh, I think you should focus on stating the facts. You can address a person's faults without being negative or hurtful. This last sentence I, I appreciate. I equate negativity with hurt and shame. 
That's what's convicting for me, Tom, to think about what am I going to allow to come out of my mouth? I think we all inherently, whether it's conscious or not, whether we put words to it, when, if I'm speaking negatively, how can it not be from a place of yeah, hurt or shame? And do I want to be that person? Do I want other people to think that of me? No, I want people to think I am healthy and well and fulfilled and strong. So how can I have what I want them to feel from of me? If I'm speaking negatively about another person, I think it's impossible. Therefore we are all massively, uh, convicted. I hope of our, what is coming out of our mouths is, you know, if, if it has to be said, if it has, if there is a, uh, like she talked about so many did, if there's a really a reason to protect someone else, how can we still do it in kindness, in love? And I think that that's what we, that's what you grew up with, with your, your dad who was broken as under the Lord. How could he criticize another person? How could he, and this is one of my favorite verses, at least for myself, as I try to control my own behavior, my own attitude is when do I really ever have a stone to throw from the, the, that, that Bible verse? I don't think I really ever do. Um, that's, I don't know if there's anything more convicting for me to look at than that, Tom. Yeah. You know, about the worst thing I ever heard dad say about somebody is he would, he would just shake his head side <clears throat> to side and go, mm, mm, mm. I just don't have any idea why that person would do that. Mm. <laughs> he just couldn't That's understand right. it. Yeah. Yeah. And he would let their actions stand on their own. Yeah. You know, that right there, th that person, I think for all of us to think about that person who we feel is unjust, who has wronged us, who has wronged somebody else. I mean, we know, we really know, I think that they're reaping the ill rewards of that behavior. They're not winning. Um, they're already being hurt. They're hurting themselves. They're going to reap those things. And, you know, again, back to the Bible, justice is mine, says the Lord. I think we oftentimes, I need to rest in that and let them go and speak love to them. Uh, and I'm just talking to myself, folks. So here it is. So the day's about to, we're going to, we're going to leave this show, Tom. We're going to go and uh, there's a good chance that somebody will say something wrong, do something wrong. And we have the opportunity to face this head on as everybody listening will as well. So here's to us and being kind, speaking love and not tearing anybody down. Hey, eh? hey, all right. Stuff. Thanks, Tom. Okay, friends, I am betting that you like me have some new views on speaking negatively about people. You know, it's a great conversation piece to have with your, your spouse, your friends, your family, your kids, uh, and just to consider contemplating and making some rules for yourself. If you got value, will you let us know? Leave a review in iTunes for The Ziggler Show. That helps our rankings, helps people find us, and helps them know what they can get from the show. It's just a great way to say thank you. Well, coming up next, and so 625, we are back with the master gift giver, John Ruland. He was our guest in show 623. Don't miss that one. It was profound. I am making plans for my business. I've signed up with this company. I'm going to love people by showing my appreciation and giving them gifts that wow them. Well, in this show, of course, coming up 625, we're going to go through the habits and find out what are the healthy habits that John puts into his life. As always, so intriguing, so unique. I hope you can join us. Till then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.